1: Hey the, the the everybody dance. what's going on we aren't on my show today let's talk and I am re- your host Jasmine Sade and we have a special guest Kayan Burton say hello everybody
2: hello hello everyone hello how you doing today jazz uh, I'm delighted to be here thank you for having me here today thanks for
1: coming so today's topic is the importance of education we have Mr. Burton here, whom is an administrator in our education system and he also deals with discipline and safety for the children. And you've been doing this how how long now?
2: This is year number seventeen, believe it or not. And I Ooh. feel like I'm old and I'm young.
1: <laughs> how is it working with kids? I know it's a lot of patience involved.
2: There is a lot of patience, but with education, um, it you has to be something you love. For one, I never thought in a million years I'd be doing education because I was a teenage father at a young age and I said, No, nah, I don't want to be dealing with nobody kids, but <laughs> uh thanks to Al Miller, uh, one of the guys who introduced me to coaching, which became education, who's been a mentor to me. And um uh, guys, you know, who's been inspirational in my life is uh Mr. Tiller, uh, who uh worked with me in uh, education. You know, those guys like have pinpointed me and me and Nelson Jackson, uh, Michael Barclay, um, Brenda Gatlin and things like that and so forth on Deidre Willis and Donnell Burroughs, who's uh, been very inspirational, that when I was introduced to education and I became around a great group of leaders, it became me more powerful. And I start understanding what the importance of education is because as a young age, I didn't take education serious. Although it was mandated in my house, my grandfather had a rule. If you bring a C in here, I'm going to see your butt. So, Ooh. therefore, I just done it just because, but I didn't like it. So, education is uh, is very, uh, not just important, but it's not a must anymore. It's a plus to have education in today's world and in today's economy.
1: Quick question before we get all the way into the other ones. Do you feel... It's hard to not, like, if you see students that's going through different things personally, do you think it's hard to kind of detach yourself from that and not look at them like, this is my own child and let me help, and you got to kind of keep the, like, the teacher role going?
2: It's hard because before you can teach a child, you got to also, you know, show them that you care first before. Uh, there's this old saying, before you teach one, reach one. So before we can introduce a lesson plan, introduce who we are, there's a safety component, and that child or that student must feel safe around you. So I have to let him know, you know, who we are and, um, you know, what we're about. So he knows that he always has somebody. I'm a safety net for him. He has someone he can count on or he or she can come to. So, uh, you know, just getting to know that child before you teach him anything is is extremely important.
1: Because I know most students can probably lack that attention or that – what a child needs from home, so I know they may look to that teacher for that or that advice or that guidance, father figure, whatever.
2: Very hard, very, very hard to not just come to work every day and you in education, especially in the urban settings, and say, hey, yeah. I'm here just to work and not care about a kid. And you see a kid come in and they're hungry or clothes are not clean or yeah. you smell uh the body older or something like that. And you just, as an adult, you just gonna automatically, you take on that mother and father role and you say, Hey, I care. Um uh, Come here. What's going on in your personal life. And uh, let me help you out. So those kids like open up to you. and You hear some of the most bizarre stories, which becomes, you know, like you, you start caring and you get more into it. You just wind up taking your own personal money and spending on these kids just to make sure they have what they need.
1: Mm. Okay. Uh, how does education play a role in society today, especially? In
2: today's society, it's more preparation for the global society because today we're in this tech world mm-hmm. and everything is technology driven. So um, coming to school today, you know, reading is a very, very uh, intricate part of our programs now because now where it was meat testing, there's uh, SAT testing. That's a part of the score. So coming to school today and say, hey, you must have your education is a must. It's about the workforce driven world. Um, to have education, it, it tells you, uh, who you are in life, what you're going to become. Um, the higher, uh, higher education, the more higher living, the more education you have, the more money you make. It's a healthier, yeah. it's a healthy lives is, is what I call it. We can um, convert healthy lives to the importance of education. It falls all in that same content.
1: So you feel like education is very necessary, can help you in a long way.
2: I, I do. And um, if you don't have it now, get it later. But yeah. I, I tell people, um, you know, like education is like this. If you just, uh, if you have it, you can create your own dollar. You can create mm-hmm. what you want to do in life. Uh, you can create your own success, your your value, of what you're worth by having education. And education doesn't mean going to college. It doesn't mean, um, you know, going uh, off to this uh, to this prestigious university. You can have a trade. Trade is education today. Um, and some of the things that you want to do because you got some kids, you know, who say, hey, college is not for me. I want to work. So they go through these journeymanship programs. Um, they become p- um, pipe fitters, electricians. Mm-hmm. They become carpenters. And um, they go into this uh, work-driven world, and they start preparing themselves for the global society and the global economy.
1: Uh, Because I wasn't the big, I told you, I wasn't the biggest fan (laughs) of school. So that's why I decided to go for something I know I really wanted to do and pursue in my life and as far as a career. Okay, what do you think are the main functions of education?
2: There's components to education. There's your formal education, and then there's your informal education. Hmm. So (laughs) what those components are, You know, having a formal education, you know, most people look at it as uh, just moving forward, coming to school every day, doing what you need to do, making the best grades and going to the best universities. Then there's your informal education where some people just think, you know, um, the economy is driven by community college or trade schools. Mm. Personally, um, I kind of like get away from that because inside the schools, you know, you see things different. Um, so I, I like to use this as an example. We come to school every day to work, and yeah. we come to every school to make sure our children are safe. We might get distracted easy. I, I had I recall a situation I had, and it just threw my whole day off. I had my whole day planned, mm-hmm. and um, I get there in the morning. There was two two young um, students. There was a male and female, and I, I remember. And I asked the boy. I said, "Hey, where is she at?" He's like, "She was back there talking to some man." And about five minutes later, I say, What man? I say, Y'all come through this door every day and they have been coming a whole year. Something told me to get in my car and drive around the corner. And I drove around the corner. She was in the middle of the street, and she had been raped and molested wow. behind a, a garage. And that threw my whole day off of what I had planned and what I had planned on doing. And so things like that were um, it'd just take the heart and you get distracted by it. So, you know, like, how can you focus on the teaching part when you have something like that happen? So now everything's become the part of education that I had planned and the lesson to, for today becomes, okay, teach the safety component. Let's start walking in groups. Take those headphones out you guys' ears. Mm-hmm. Start, you know, paying attention what's in front of you, what's behind you. So we get distracted as students do, but, you know, it's just a uh, everyday adult world that we live in.
1: So being a teacher, because I could tell from how you go about it, you pretty much, you really do stick by leading by example. Correct, because you know how kids and they could tend to say, "Well, if you're telling me this and you're not doing it, I'm not gonna <laughs> do it." So, I yeah, I do <clears throat> notice that you definitely lead by example, and being that you coach too. Correct, correct. I had to uh, cut a lot of
2: shenanigans out, as I would say in life. Uh, I wasn't always the righteous person, and I'd be first to tell anybody. But um, at, at some point. I had to tell myself I couldn't have one foot in this and one foot out. Right. So I became, uh, I made it dedication. And then I started looking at my value. Then I started looking at my success in terms of uh, things that I were doing, like kids will graduate from school. And I never knew how important that I made in my young career that I made on this person's life. And um it just like, it, it, it got to me. So I was like a, this is crazy. You know, kids will come up to me like, Coach Burton, man, man, I'm so glad you stayed on me, man. I'm doing good. I'm working for such and such company and mm-hmm. I'm married. I got children. And I start looking at them and I'm like, wait a minute. I was telling them this and they did it. And I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. So I really like, I start looking around me to make sure whatever I did, I walk a straight path in front of the kids. Yeah. And, um, there were some distractions, but you know, uh, I just had to sit down and, you know, pray about it and just become really content and then what happened is is that the little ones like the baby babies i call them the the future our generation the mm-hmm. elementary kids um i did a camp and the camp was uh ages six through ten how was that oh my god i had never been around elementary kids and so <laughs>
1: <laughs> i know it's a big difference between high school elementary Ooh, and middle
2: it, there there's a huge difference and um just last year a year and a half ago i was uh, over at um a school where I was working in the through K-8 school. And I've been in high school my whole career. And <laughs> these kids were tugging on my leg. Mr. Burton, we need this. And they was looking at me like I'm some giant. And I wound up in the kindergarten room playing roller coaster. And I was putting the kids on my arms, swinging them around and wrestling with them. And the teacher got to the point. He started asking me, he said, hey, Mr. Burton, you think you can come down right after lunch, man, and uh, do that roller coaster move? All the kids took a nap in kindergarten. I said, okay, cool. So that became a part of my daily routine. But as I was getting up, I was like, man, I'm tired. But I had to get back down the hall because here was the middle school kids, which is that very intricate piece is I call it this suicidal the uh trying to find myself age because mm-hmm. those eighth graders were in tune with themselves trying to figure out what high school they were going to, what they want to do. It's a
1: lot of pressure. Yeah,
2: the identity of who they really are because the gender thing in high school became so uh disinscrewed and everything about the you know, this these different movements. And so I just stay focused and say, Hey, be who you want to be. No matter what it is, I'ma still love you. Your parents gonna still love you and just move forward with it. So it's not um, It's not easy. To, like I said, again, it's not easy to get distracted. It's so hard to not come to work and say you don't care. If you hear a person in education say they come to work and they don't care, I'm like find a new career because in this field right here, you got to love it. It's not a, It's not a lot of money into it, but you got to right. love it. You got to love education to be a part of
1: it. Your heart got you to be in it. You got to be in it. Because you definitely, you're going to deal with different personalities and all types of stuff.
2: Yes, indeed. You're gonna um you're gonna find yourself in a situation mm-hmm. coming to work at seven, not leaving at nine because Ooh. you're gonna say, I come, I work, I coach. Then there's this number one thing, you know, in coaching and all the coaches out there they know this and teachers as well. I don't have a ride home. <laughs> oh man! Right. Or are you waiting on parents to come pick you up, and it's dark outside. And my, for me, um, I remember Brenda Gallison, Coach. You got to get a, um, you got to get some liability insurance because I was. Uh, I never forget. I drove home one night, and I stopped at the bus stop. I said, "What? Well, I thought your rides was coming." They said, "No, nah, Coach. We catch the bus home." Mm-hmm. And I knew for a fact I didn't want my daughter catching no bus home late at night. So I remember putting them all in the van and taking each one home and talking to every parent, like, this can't happen. You know, like, I'm their new coach, and I carry it. And so at that point, I start, every beginning of the season, I would do a parent meeting, and I would make it mandatory, you know, for these parents, and they will struggle to get there. But I would tell them, you know. I take you home, and, and some of them still won't come. So the, the number one thing I used to get to them, I see, uh, I got with a lady in the parent network, and I remember her, and we would do free bag giveaways with food, with groceries, and everything that mm. she would get from the pantry. So that kind of work, you have to use certain tools to, and certain resources to get these parents in, because wow. it's a very low turnout.
1: I can just imagine. What is uh? Well, not what. Why is knowledge important in life?
2: The knowledge, the knowledge is important in life because of. What you're going to need to get where you're going, because having, like I say, this topic is education, the importance of education, which goes with knowledge. If you go to school for education, you receive that knowledge. That knowledge will help you in a global society once you come to that interviewer's desk. And and this world is not about what you know, but it's about who you know, but being Mm -hmm. knowledgeable of it and networking, building your brand and knowing your topic and knowing your conversation and knowing what area you want to get in. If you have that knowledge, it will be able to carry you to that next step. And that next step will just take you where another person might have more knowledge and more wisdom you do. They can pull you along and help you get ahead but having education, that starts from right there because not just knowing how to read, you know, your topic, but also comprehending your topic and knowing knowledge of it, what it is. You know, you hear it's teachers say all the time, oh, your student don't know how to read. And I get home and I look at this student and I say, yeah, they know how to read. But then I come to find it was the comprehension. They mm-hmm. wasn't understanding what they were reading. So one of the things I did in, uh, in school suspension, I remember about 10 years ago, and, um, Donnell Burroughs, I know you out there somewhere, call in and he will tell me, man, you like Ronald Reagan, man, this is brutal in here, man. So and I will have these kids in this in school suspension on Fridays. I will have all the desks to the wall, but then I would do a restorative circle, which I didn't know, which is an RP restorative uh, practice that we was going to integrate that into our school system 10 years later, which is a big part now. And I would put these kids in a circle and we would talk about things was going on. But they couldn't do it from the English book. So what happened is, is I start bringing these magazines in oh, wow. that they can understand through pictures. And then I would tell them, pick your favorite article and they're reading it out. Nobody can laugh. Nobody can talk. Some could read better than others. They stumbled through it. We got through it. But what happened is, is that we talked about those today's topics. And then I integrated it within the education, within the lesson plan. And then we started from there. So at that point, I remember it used to be tough reading, and I went to an English teacher at that point, uh, time. Coming into high school, ninth grade in the city, in urban areas, education was coming in at a second and third grade reading level in the ninth grade. Wow. And that was a problem for me because uh, I come from a home where my grandmother <laughs> would take the newspaper and say, read that article to me while I was eating my bowl oatmeal mm. and say what that article mean. You know, and I had to do that every day before I left out the house. That was
1: comprehension.
2: Yeah, and so when I got to school, I knew what Doe was, and I knew what was going on in today's society. And um, I remember a history teacher, you know, he asked me, he said, can anybody tell me what's going on in today's world? What was the big topic? And nobody raised their hand, and I was like embarrassed. So I raised my hand. Mm. And I was, I'm the class clown, here it is. I raised my hand <laughs> and I because and, I'm always joking. And so I told him, I said— uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, because mm. that was at the time. I said, it's this man out there, he eating people. And he said, yeah, that's one of them. He said, can you tell me something else? I was like, the stock market crashed. <laughs> and he just bust out laughing. He said, give me somebody else. And nobody said anything. And I was like, I went home and told my grandmother, hey, grandma, I was like, I talked to my history teacher about what I read to you this morning. And uh, she said, that's why it's important to read and know what you're reading. And so at that point, reading became um Real strong for me. Like, I'm I'm a book reader. If you walk in my office or you walk in my home, I, I got a book by the bed or it's a Bible open. You know, I'm an avid reader. So I make sure that I read and I understand what I'm reading. So mm-hmm. when I talk to people, I know what I'm talking about.
1: Right. So, you know, because there's a lot of people these days, they sound all over the place when they talk. <laughs> You guys got any questions for myself or Kayan about the importance of education? He's been in this game for 17 years. Call 248-579-5290. We're here on Let's Talk. Kayan, what do you, uh, how do you think education help in our society?
2: In, in today's society, education, it helps because the more education you have, the more success you can have. <clears throat> um, let's take, for example, this is going to sound real. You're you going to hear where I'm going with this. There used to be a time where jobs at McDonald's were for kids mm-hmm. and were for students. And our high school kids would take jobs at McDonald's, Burger King, Popeye's. And they were coming, those, uh, those employers were coming to our school and recruit our kids to work at our restaurants. And our kids would be happy wow. to go get $335 an hour, which was minimum wage, and make that money at the time. And today's society, parents are working at McDonald's. And they're working there. And that check at McDonald's, Burger King or Popeyes, or whichever restaurant, Coney Island, is feeding our kids, and that's a part of income at home. Mm. And so I look at it as being sad, but as I start working in these settings, I look at the parents, Mm -hmm. the lack of education. So I try to tell the kid, is is that what you want? You know, car washes that I know personally. I used to go to the car wash on Saturdays and dry, you know, towels Mm -hmm. and get that 50 cent or a dollar. And um, me and my cousin Keith, I remember that, man, we had $10 a piece man we was going home to the rest of us and we was going to buy us two pieces we was going to buy a bunch of fago pops <laughs> and we was going to watch karate movies on saturday night and let me tell you something we was going to make it happen so i look at those jobs and our parent those parents of today's economy with these children are working at the car washes they're working at the mcdonald's and um It's all due to a lack of education, a lack of performance, not taking education serious. You look at those people when you come to the gas stations and they like, can I get a quarter? Can I pump your gas? Uh, It hurt me. One time I seen one of my classmates Mm. from Cooley and um, I looked at him. I said, hey, man, ain't your name Jerome? He said, yeah. I said, man, I remember you, man. I told him who I was. He said, yeah, man. And I felt embarrassed to let him pump my gas. But I knew when I came out the store, I was going to give him some change or or a dollar. I I gave him something. But those things like there, I try to use as examples when I talk to the children, like, you have to want to do better with yourself. You got to really buckle down. A lot of them don't take it serious to their senior year. Mm -hmm. These last three months of seniors, you should see the seniors just running around the school. They like running rampant. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I got to do this uh, capstone. I got to do this uh, exit interview. Can you sit in on it? And they need help. And they've been doing a whole senior year, they whole four years, and they haven't prepared for that one moment. And there's a very large number of that, and then there's a very small number of those who are prepared. Those kids that are prepared have been accepted to college. They know where they're going. Yeah. They they have an agenda in life. And uh, I have a son, my youngest son, um, this they're Grambling. I was just speaking about him this morning about how I'm so proud of his independence, And I was talking to a a partner of mine whose son's in college playing Mm -hmm. on college football. And um, he was telling me that the coach was fired, this and that. And I said, look, uh, he's going to be prepared for life because you prepared him. And the football is temporary. Life is forever. And he said, yeah, you're right. And uh, I asked him how he was doing. He said, I'm okay. But, you know, my first interest is my son. And then he asked me about my son and I said, he's doing good. I said, man, he went so far away from home. I said, then he hit me with the, I ain't coming home this summer, dad. I said, huh? And so mm-hmm. I said, 19 years old. He barely calls me for money. I'd send money down there. I sent him a care package the other day and he just told me, thank you so much, dad. He was like, it's okay. And I asked him, do what he need and. Oh, he told me, if you want to send me some gas money, you can, but I'm okay. Mm. And I'm like, man, this is like the independency thing has really taken off for him. And
1: that was his first time being so far away from you. Yes,
2: huh? because like his brothers and his sisters, they had all played on um, basketball and football in and AAU circuit. And he played football in high school, but he would go to teen camps, and then he would go to these uh, Tim Horton camps mm. and things like that going away. But like being going away from home for six, seven months at a time, wow, that was like— Wait a minute, this is my baby, but I was like, you know what? I, I rested well. I say, Gotta let him grow up. Yeah, he's gonna be alright. He's he gonna be okay. And he's doing real good. His independence is incredible, and I, I'm proud of him. Um, he's down there at uh, HBCU in Grambling um, State. And I was the first one. I was like, I ain't got nobody down there who can get to him. But I do. I, I got. It's, there's a support system around there mm-hmm. from Dallas, Texas to Arkansas to wow. somebody to say, if you need me, I go up there and check on him. And I say, he good. I said, every time they asked me and I talked to him, they say, hey, he good. They was like, man, I called and checked him. And he said, he don't need anything. So I'm cool. And he drives two hours on a weekend sometimes to Mississippi to go wash his clothes because he has an aunt that's on his mom's side that's right there. So. Mm. I said, you drive two hours on the highway? He said, yeah, Dad. I go up over the bridge. And I said, yeah, I, I remember that bridge. I think that's a part
1: of growth and independence, knowing that you can do something on your own. That's like a cool feeling. It is. And,
2: and, I, thank that, and I thank him for taking education seriously. I mean, he went to Cass High School,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um, he transferred from Gross Point North High School. I, I remember that. And I asked him, what was the adjustment coming from Gross Point North and Cass?
1: I was just going to ask you that. Do you think it's a big difference with Suburban? in city schools? There's a, there's a huge difference,
2: and um, I'm going to be the first one to say it. They, they are resourced in suburban schools. They have resources and tools to more help their children, and uh, if you look at a lot of suburban schools, they even have charter schools in the suburban areas, and they send four or five buses to Detroit schools to pick up kids. They ship the kids out to the suburban areas, and then they ship those kids on a bus back. The difference is, is that you know you get low classroom numbers, okay? Um, and uh, urban in urban settings, there's like forty and fifty kids per uh, per class, and some schools sometimes there's thirty to forty. Some schools still have 1,500 to 2,000 kids. Some schools have anywhere between 200 kids to 500 kids. And when you see those small settings, there's low teachers, and still those classrooms are still, like, crowded. Mm. So there's a difference in education. But I'm going to be the first one to say, I say this, no matter what goes on, there's still a competitive edge that the urban areas have, and we own that edge in athletics because no matter if you're in the suburban areas or not, they still want to come down here and compete within the urban setting. So mm-hmm. we have to uh, find something to channel that and be able to turn that around. But there's, there's a tremendous amount of things going on in this urban areas. There's a tremendous amount of education that's going on in the suburban areas. Uh, the difference is, is the resources. They have more help in the suburban areas, but we do have, yeah. a, there's a new administration in the city of Detroit that's really making a change to do something different with the kids in the city of Detroit. And I'm, I've been noticing that change. And also um, I see people taking ownership of what they're doing.
1: That's good. Cause I, I always went to suburban schools, and I put my son in the suburban schools back, and he's in second grade, and I, I seen the difference within the school, the teachers, and so much more. So I was wondering, being that you're in the education field, do you see that difference? Oh, yeah. What are the social functions of education? Social functions
2: of education. I really didn't want to touch on that, but that let's touch on it. <laughs> There's some social functions in education um, that you can. Um, it, it's just like everyday life, you know. When you look at uh, what's going on, and, and as I stated before, there's one thing that's happening, but there's another thing that's going on. So um, when you look at the social functions in education, we look how how do we move forward? Mm-hmm. You know how how do we present and how do we do a presentation to that student to get him to comprehend. So whereas you walk in a classroom, you remember it used to be four and five rows and desks. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe in this new 20, um, 21st century teaching where you might have break it up in fours. There might be a group over there and four another group here and four another group. And you could do it in terms of learning setting, but how do you teach one as, as a whole? Okay. So there's a lot of different things in terms of those functions, but how we perceive education and how we receive it is another
1: Cause I've seen how you just say it breaking in the fours. I've seen that in classrooms where teachers may have this certain group who they know can work good together. They try to keep everybody in certain orders and not have friends that may goof off too much around each other and all types of stuff like that. Do you think now in this twenty first century that social media has a bad, a negative or a positive effect on education in the younger crowd? <laughs> because social. my personal opinion I think is a negative
2: Social media <clears throat> Wow <laughs> I'm scared of social media It's scary <laughs> I'm very scared of social media Because of the things that uh, that goes on Social media is like our video games mm-hmm. I think it's a negative impact On education um, It has taken over And um, let me just say this part right here Most of our kids today are learning from music videos and too much television and social media. So, say Friday come, this weekend, it's time to return to work on Monday. There was this big party. This big party happened, a fight happened there, and everybody recorded the fight. Or there was a kid with a bow outfit on, and this kid had a bow. They put this outfit on social media, and this get a 1,000 hits, and they come to school, everybody laughing. No one has the, the thought that the negative impact that this might have had on this kid, and this kid might want to commit suicide. Or this kid who got beat up on that fight might have somebody who cared for him and might have somebody outside waiting to do something harm to him. So social media, it has a negative impact, but it also can have a positive impact because you can use social media to promote mm-hmm. education. You can use it to promote such a positive manner within our schools. And I know uh I like to take the girls basketball team that I coach. I remember we had a game coming up and um it was their senior night and they wanted to get all the students involved in it. They wanted to get everybody to come out and they was passed and they put all five of them on a. um a poster they made on, um, I think it was Instagram, and they shared it and they just start passing it around. Next thing you know, somebody shared it with me from a whole nother state, so I know it can reach a positive platform. But our kids today use it and our students use it as such a negative
1: negative voice. Hey, let's talk. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing fine. How about yourself?
0: Good, good, good. My name is Mr. Tiller. I'm one of the burdens Mother Burton's mentor.
1: Okay, nice to meet you, Mr. Tiller.
0: Hi, how you doing? I always try to support my brother.
1: That's good.
2: How you doing, Mr. Tiller? It's so good to hear from hey. you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, sir? Good. <laughs> so what's your what's your opinion on the importance of education, Mr. Tiller?
0: Well, I, I think it's a lot. Uh I, I currently work for uh education, I work with SIG-funded schools, other uh, school improvement grant uh, schools, mm-hmm. and uh, what happens is these are the bottom 5% of the schools, and what I've seen across the uh, majority of my schools, uh, just like you on the topic of social media, mm-hmm. uh, my take on, um, for example, social media, just like guns. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. It's the way that the instrument is used, mm-hmm. that it can be negative or positive, depending on that. Now, this education uh, had- is a whole different ballgame when it comes to urban city settings than it is with the suburbs. They understand the rules of the game and the rules of engagement. We have a lot of services that we have lacking in urban city settings, and which is uh, wraparound services. People to understand, you have to uh, get people and the kids to love you before they understand you. And that whole piece is adverse childhood experiences, called ACERS, they deal before they even come to school. They have to walk past a uh, uh, blight. They have to walk past an abandoned house. They have to worry about getting pulled in that abandoned house and being raped. They have to. Uh, they may have walked past a crack house. A house may have gotten shot. In Uh, shot up, is a whole, and this is all before they even come to school. Our girls, sometimes they are pregnant, they have to deal with that. Uh, So it's a whole bunch of adverse experiences before they even get, and then you come and you ask these kids to learn in an environment that has not as much as all the rest of the school environment, lack of tools, so they're angry. Mm -hmm. We're dealing with a group of angry children. And that's
2: not being addressed before education can be addressed. Wow. That's that's right, Mr. Tiller. I, I remember that ACES test. <laughs> I took that exactly. test. And, and exactly. if it was, I'm supposed uh, so to be a person you, messed up by it, but you know what? I think it's the people like you in front of us who have taught the children today and the students that, hey, you can make a change. Right. And, and I
0: think all students need to learn Marion Williams's Their deepest fear is not that they are inadequate. Their deepest fear is that they are powerful beyond all measure. They don't understand that they have a light. It's not their darkness that most frightens them, but who who they are. They are brilliant. They are gorgeous. They're talented. And that's who they need to be. And as soon as they recognize that who they are, then I think we will surpass everything. Because with all that adversity, our students still strive and they still make it. And we, still have, we just don't have it in large numbers. But we have pockets. If we can change those pockets into bigger pockets, then we'll be successful. But then what happens is they, and I said, the whole state of Michigan, then they'll change the rules of engagement uh, that's, that's behind the scenes. For example, we were testing. Let's look at the test. They are, only looked at one test, the SAT test for proficiency. Now, what happens if you miss that test or you miss that exam? Your whole career is guided around one test. I don't think that's fair.
2: It's being judged by that. I
0: really
2: don't. And that's that's been a big part of the testing in the inner city schools where that test is a major factor and a major component to the next step in life. And some of our students who take that test, I mean, they can't even meet the mean score of that. And, And it has been very unjust. And I think it's been very unfair to inner city school, schools versus suburban schools. And a lot of those suburban schools, too, you know, they're struggling with that test, too. But because of resources and wraparound services, like you said, they have, they're able to move to that next level.
0: Exactly. Now, let's speak to, speak to Brother Burton. I've been pushing Brother Burton
2: to move, to push him to
0: the next level. Uh, yes, you have. and uh, uh AT and moving on to principal. So I've been pushing that big fella, for the <laughs> listeners out there, he's a big fella. I walked in one day and I said, Who's shoot? Who's shoot that that's bigger than the ruler? He said, Man, that's my shoot. I said, a What is that? A fifteen? <laughs> and so he's just imagine, listeners. He's a big fella. And uh I always told him that I never wanted people to look at him as somebody who just handled discipline as a brute. I want him to add that intelligence. And Monkey, once we touch base on that. He has shot off. Uh, mm. he, he uses check-in, check-out prices. He uses MPSs. He uses PBIS, which is up under the brother. I'm uh, using all these educational
2: acronyms. That's, that's okay. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> Positive behavior. But we we, just we need understand. To learn something new every day. Yeah. We, we are right, and and I thank you for that support because you have been one of the men in my life, and I tell people. Uh, you know, I didn't use my dad not being a presence in my life as a crutch. You know, and my dad, he's here now. He's incarcerated 33 years and seven months for wrongful conviction. But being that presence, I didn't have him. But there was men like yourself and, and coaches, man, even today, who have got behind me and pushing. I know, Tiller. you know, I hold you at a at a big regard. I know we don't talk and see, see each other as much as we used to. But I appreciate when you come around, we do a strong hug, a, a strong handshake, and I I appreciate him because when I see him, it's just a sigh of relief that comes upon me. Mm-hmm. And I say, I got to keep going because not only that, the kids need me in life. And it's, it's guys like Mr. Tiller who are there the for God. me. I, I really appreciate you and love you for that.
3: Yeah,
0: man. And, and, you know, I love you, too. And that's another. It's not enough black males. Let's throw that out there. Yeah. There's not enough black males in the this, in this school system. We have a lot of sisters that's doing the do. But we don't have enough black male. And I don't care what people say, a black, young black male, a sister, a true sister will tell you that I cannot raise a boy to be a man. Mm -hmm. I can raise a girl to be a daughter, but I can't truly raise a black male to be a male because you're not a male. And any sister will step up and say, hey, that's why God made Adam and Eve. He didn't just make Adam. He just didn't make Eve. It takes two. And that's where we're lacking because the majority of these females and males, they go home to single-parent homes. So they only see one. why second generation is raising them. I've had so many grandparents that say, baby, I'm so tired. I didn't raise mine. and I'm just, I'm just tired now. And oh, they, yeah. So they're being stuck raising these new millennials that's coming up. And, and, and it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. We don't. Uh, so I, 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 ask all black males. If I see black males such as Brother Burden, I push them to get into administration. It doesn't even pay that much. So I mean, you truly have to go into this field for the love and mm-hmm. for the caring. It's definitely for the love. Pay that much.
2: Yeah, it, it's definitely for the love, and I and I love it. I love if I miss work, I feel like I'm missing helping a kid for the day. I'd be like, man, that kid, I, I got this one kid, you know, I, I give him a dollar every day. And it's just, so one day I asked him, I said, why you ask me for a dollar? He said, i give me something to eat. He said, i get give me into the morning so I get back to school. And I said, wow. So when I go on vacation, I kind of look for him and I put a little something in the envelope. And um, I know people say, you're not supposed to do it. But I'm saying, if I don't do it, who's going to who gonna do it? Who's going to step up? And um, sometimes I remember challenging a group of males in the school I had. I said, we wanted to send the kids to Comic-Con. And I said, I challenge everybody to donate $40 to support a student to Comic-Con. Mr. Brock, I know you out there somewhere in this world, and I thank you. And he took kids that wasn't athletes. He took kids that wasn't popular in the school. He took kids that was trying to build video games. And he took those kids on a bus to Comic-Con, and all those men in the building supported us. And they challenged me, and they met my challenge at $40 a piece and we all got it done, and those kids wrote posters. They made a big old wall with us, and they just gave us thank you letters. But it's, it's, it's moves like that to make us strong within the urban setting and moves like that to make our kids say, hey, you know what? I remember you helping me. I'm going to reach back and help the next kid. I think I think
0: that's a good point, uh, Brother Burton. I, I, you know, we just don't – I get back on that, I harp on that. Uh, I, I teach at colleges. They're not producing uh, uh, males. Uh, it's more females that's coming out. And then we're, we're, we're getting to the point where we're getting uh, – let's talk race for a second here. We're getting to the point where we're having more call- come in to the urban city setting. And our students, they try to homogenize our students in order to be and look like them, and they cannot. I mean, they, they don't, can't relate. And I'm not saying we don't need them, don't get me wrong, but it's a genuine love that comes from us. You have to love these children and nurture these children before they even get to the understanding of these children. Now, some of them, I used to tell my students when I used to be a principal, two things that are going to happen. Either I'm going to help you get through, I'm going to put you through college, or I'm going to put you through a locker. You, you choose one of those two. Now, you can do it the hard way, or you can do it the easy way. What you're going to do it, and we're going to learn together as we do this process. Our kids need tough love because it's just for the environment that they come from. They will run over anybody. That's weak, unfortunately that that's because that does make up of their environment where they're coming from. And I think Brother Burton he gives them tough love. He does the same thing I used to do. If students in the hallway, he'll grab them and give them a little now on the head to get in class and do what you're supposed to be doing. But they love that type stuff because they know that somebody's care. We don't have enough people that actually care. They're there for the job. And then they go home.
2: The check. They're there for the check. (laughs) Yeah. And you're so right because it's like, uh, and I don't knock it, but I just feel like, you know, like I asked the teacher, are you here to get your student loans paid off because you're in this urban setting working at these Title I schools, or are you really here to educate? And he said, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, I heard that I'm here to get my student loans paid off. And I say, man, that's so sad. I say, because there's a lure of people waiting in line to educate our children and you taking up space. And uh, he felt offended by it. But I say, I felt offended when you told me you're here to get your student loans paid off. But I understand, you know, I I really do. But I'm just one of the ones I care and I'm not going to stop caring and I'm not going to stop being who I am. To you know, for education, and when I die, you know, I want my plaque to read a warrior for education. You know, he, he, there I stood. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and I think all that goes into
0: play, and I think just want to say again, brother Burton, you you you're doing a, a good job. Uh, over there, uh, you
2: know, at the school that you are at. I don't know. Did you mention the school that you were? At or I don't want to say it. No, I, I didn't because you know I didn't okay. even want to say the district because you know I don't want to yeah. get I don't want to get paid right. <laughs> for it. But uh, yeah, yeah, those yeah, who okay, know so me, so those who are out there, they they know who I am and, and uh, where I'm at. But you know I don't want to get in no trouble. Right,
0: right. And 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 another part. Let's talk about uh, the home, the home environment. We're having kids raising kids. That's another big uh, avenue there. They don't know how to raise kids because
2: them themselves are having kids. Tell, tell me about it. I, uh, I had my first parent come in the building the other day, 28 years old. I say, wow, 28 years old and her child was 14. And I looked at the grandmother was younger than me. And I say, wow. And I was like, and I was just looking. I say, that mean, if I stick around and it's in 14 more years, that child is going to be something to have a baby. So here it is. That mother hasn't broken that generation curse of having a child at a young age. Her daughter had a child at a young age. And who say that this young man won't do the same thing if they don't break this curse? Mm-hmm. I call it a generation curse because we have to stop and we have to say, hey, Something got to stop and something got to give, you know, the importance of education. And here he is getting in trouble in school. So, you know how that can go out. But I told him, I said, I'm here for you. If you need me, just come down and see me. Let's make a change. Let's do something different. You're going to be the change to spark your family. And I think it's, if we push that out more, then what happens is, is that this kid will take education so serious and he will move so farther forward than his mother and that his grandmother did it'll become, it'd become like possible for him not to fail because, as I tell the students, I was like, uh, no one has a, a key to your success. No one's going to make an excuse for when you're successful and you are this millionaire guy. I say, so I'm not going to make none for your failure.
0: Right. And, and another thing, people don't talk about education. People think it's just a Detroit thing uh, and that, okay, we'll – but they don't know. That's why Amazon. Let's talk. Let's talk brass and economic growth. Amazon didn't come, didn't even consider Detroit because of the educational. So now you read other factors, but guess what? The economic growth is being suppressed by low test scores in urban city metro Detroit. Mm. That's what people don't really look at. Yes, yes. And if we don't move those test scores in Detroit, which is the third or fourth largest school district in the nation, if we don't, wow watch these scores, and move these kids, guess what? We will never have an Amazon. We will never have a B Corporation come to Detroit, ever. And that's economy, what people don't understand.
2: Yeah, because they're scared of the economy. You know, it's, it's just like the insurance. When you talk about education, you talk about car insurance. And why is Metro Detroit the highest car insurance in the nation? Mm-hmm. And it's all packed to do, you know, from the riots to education because people are scared to come here. And um, you know, called reinvent Detroit. You know, and I applaud those who are in Detroit and trying to do it, but it all starts from education. I have never once seen one of our city officials, other than when they're trying to get elected, step up into a school and do something positive for the kids in the city of Detroit. And I think that,
0: that's 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 a key key point. Until this economic growth piece keeps hitting Detroit in the gut. Now, you have your Dan Gilberts, of course. They're coming in, doing investing uh, in Detroit, which is good. and turning downtown Detroit. But they're going to need people. They're going to need our kids to, for the jobs that's going to be around there. We don't need crime to go up. We need crime to come down. And any time you have, you lack, we talked about, you mentioned knowledge. Knowledge is power. Once people get this knowledge, once the kids get this knowledge, it can't be taken away. So they have to get the knowledge. But if you don't have knowledge to fall upon, then what happens? You go into a archaic state, and then you start to go into this, what do we call a reptilian state, and you go into survival mode. And survival mode is the only thing that you need to know in order to survive. So what happens? You've watched people survive by robbing, stealing. If I can't get it, I'm going to get it some way because i got to eat. So how is that? I can't find a job because I don't have a high school diploma. So what am I going to do? I'm going to sell jobs. I'm going to start slinging. I'm going to do something. So education has so many variables to it that we have to get a hold, put this game, especially in an urban city setting, in a chokehold. And politicians, people do not understand that. I know politicians, they'll come to Detroit and they'll say what they need to say. But guess what? They're looking at their watch. Because if it's daylight saving time, they're getting out of there before the nightfall, and they, they're going right back up into their upper middle class home. You've got to invest in the urban city, which is Detroit. You've got to invest. And we have so many people come in and out, different superintendents, different ways of thinking. Then they're gone. Nobody has long vested in Detroit. It's going to take at least five to ten years to change this whole educational piece around with
2: a constant wave of people doing
0: this in order for
2: the game to win. You're right. You're so right. Mr. Tiller, man, thank you so much for calling in. They say they over here, they got calls blowing up, man, and it's something hung up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I appreciate you calling in, man, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Love you, man, and thanks for supporting me as always. Take care. No problem.
1: All right, bye-bye. That was some good information. Yes, uh,
2: Tiller is 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 a is a a strong individual, and and I tell you, uh, he he's a. I just had somebody text you saying, "Man, Mr. Tiller speaking the truth."
1: Hey, let's talk. Hello. Hey. Hey, let's talk. Hi, calling in
0: to uh, talk to Mr. Burton. Hi. Or
2: pose a hey, how you doing? I recognize that voice. Um, let me see, Miss Mason. Oh wow, put me out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm out here too, so you out here with me. How you doing?
0: I'm good. I've been listening to you.
4: Good job. I just want to pose a question. Since we didn't discuss where we worked,
0: what do you think are the attributes that one needs? to help make a positive change
4: to the young people that we're trying to touch and make a difference.
2: I think, uh, you know, like what you and I do on a daily basis in terms of trying to get wraparound services and get community involvement as well as partnerships in the school, we just got to keep, we can't stop. You know, the struggle that you and I go through every day is so important just to get kids to come through the door. And we struggle with the teenage parents. Sometimes kids got to babysit because their parents got to go to work. And we know about these jobs that they have, but we struggle every day just trying to reach our children on that platform and get them to the education platform, which is instruction inside the school. And it's an everyday struggle because, as you know, we, we have a team that we built. And we all work together on this team. But sometimes, you know, some get distracted and on different pages. But I think as we get more involved with our wraparound services, I think we do good with it. Okay. Is she still on the
1: line? Oh, okay. okay. So, uh, sorry,
2: you hung, she hung up there. We lost her.
1: Hey, let's talk. Hello?
0: Hi, I'm sorry. My um, uh, phone dropped
4: the call, but okay. he's right. We do struggle with the wraparound
0: services, and until we
3: get those things handled,
4: we won't be able to reach our kids,
2: but people like Mr. Madden and others on our team
4: make a difference for people who are listening to where we are. Keep up the good work.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for calling Thank in. Thank you for calling, Ms. Mason. You're welcome bye all right you guys and like i said if you got any questions or anything call 248-579-5290 and for our social media you can always reach me on facebook under jasmine walker or on instagram at underscore let's talk podcast if you got any topics or questions or whatever i'm always able to reach on there burden he doesn't do social media (laughs) hey let's talk
4: okay so hey daughter you know call in
1: <laughs> and talk. right you fell asleep hey, on me last week
4: yeah i fell asleep okay so listen i don't want to take up too much time because i know it's not that many minutes left i just want to say this one thing concerning myself and education i never ever took education serious and, you know, over the years, I've always said it was this person fought or that person fought because they didn't push me or they didn't require me or I didn't get a threat or any of this. But it really was on me. Mm-hmm. I should have been the one to take my education serious and do what I had to do. And if I could go back to kindergarten in Holland Park and Willard Elementary <laughs> and start all over, I would start over and I would take it serious. Because for the simple fact, I don't care where you're going, what you're doing what the Kardashians doing and how Bill Gates made it. They were just some of the few people that went through the cracks. You need your education. Mm-hmm. Education is very serious. You do it. And it's you need it.
2: it. Yeah. It's so important. It is.
4: Listen to my gran- listen to my granddaddy. I'm going to make sure she take her education serious. <laughs> and your grandson,
1: he only in the fifth grade, but I talk to him about real life stuff ahead of his time so I can get him prepared and ready because it's harder for Black males.
2: The genius in the making, Jaden. Shout out to Jaden out there. <laughs> <laughs>
4: right. And I should have been a little more strict on my daughter with education. Yeah, if I could do
1: high school over, I would. High school. That's all I say. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Okay, so I'm gonna let y'all go. I'm okay. Have another another call. Thank Thanks you. for calling. All
1: right. Um, yeah, if I always say now, nah, if I can start over from ninth grade, I would start over.
2: I take that one year. That ninth grade year. If I could just do that ninth grade year over. I'd I would take do this all year. four years. Yeah, I, that ninth grade year was, was important. I'll never forget in seventh hour. Uh, judge Chambers, I know you out there somewhere. Thank you so much. Uh, he left up out of his seat one time. He was a history teacher and he wound up being a judge. Mm. He left up out of his seat, came out there and grabbed me by my ears.
1: <laughs> hey, how you doing? Let's talk. Hi, how you doing?
3: I'm doing fine. Good. I was calling in regarding... You're talking education. You know, of course, education is very, is very, very important. But you know, you got all this glitter and all these distractions. Yes. And and the fundamentals of education are important. You can do go forever with your education, but so many things are taken out of the schools. And you know, you know what? How can we empower the parents to? Put pressure on the school system to make sure that children have have education because it's been proven how music stimulates the brain. Mm-hmm. And how can and how can we put those back in in the physical education in the art classes? All these things are you know are are you know traditionally as black people we had we we were surrounded with art. It was a part of our spiritual system. It was a part of our culture. As we've become in this country African Americans, we've always had art around us, whether it was in the church, whether it was singing, whether people were making things, the connection with hands-on, tactile learning, with you know, with with listening. And we're there's so many things that are left out of the educational system. I I I think that those things that I'm speaking about that are missing are some of the things that keeps pe- children interested mm-hmm. in school.
2: Yes, I I can speak on that because part of the problem within the inner city schools, the reason we don't have those programs. Remember, we had music. We had art. We had dance. We had those programs because of funding cuts. A lot of it is due to the charter schools that's being built around and those charter schools have pushed us out. So we've been able to lose teachers who were teaching those classes and those electives. In terms of that question you asked, like, how do we get the more uh, how do we get the schools involved? One, we got to get the parents involved. And if we get the parents to push back in our community and back in our schools for what's right, you know, like they did the dress code, if we can get uh, parents to push back in for those uh, for those educational components, I believe that we can just keep uh continue to build amongst that, you know, because you know, some of our best singers have come from these inner city schools. We can go mm-hmm. back as far as Motown. Some of our best athletes have come from these inner city schools, which are in the city of Detroit. So I believe if we uh, we we're losing so much, not only the charter schools, but we're losing so much in terms of just uh our um our fundings inside the school, you know, we got to cut programs. I mean, we cut Mm -hmm. sports tremendously where few schools don't have swimming. They don't have tennis anymore. There is no golf. I mean, you know, we're trying to bring wrestling back. I mean, we lose so much. There's like maybe eight to nine sports per high school, you know, and we're talking cheerleading, football, volleyball. How
3: is, how is, how is, how is the budget determined? Um, Explain to, to, to me that process because, is the is the money? Of course, you're losing teachers to the schools, but if their budget exists someplace that is not being tapped into, or is the budget totally being lost because so, we pay so much in tax money, yes. whether we have children or not? So where is this money going to? So, and the lottery is supposed to go
2: towards the school. So the budget is the budget goes like this, and I'm just a small piece I could touch on the terms of the budget. I'm not that accounting person, yes. but mm-hmm. the the number of students per school district. So in Detroit, say if you got 50000 in Detroit, but then you take Southfield, but then you got another charter school in Southfield. They got like eight, nine charter schools in Southfield. We don't have many in Detroit. Then charter school district versus Detroit public schools district versus Southfield school district versus Macomb County school district. That money has to be broken up within a region. And so the funding goes like that. So every school is Allocated a lot of, uh, certain amount of funding and that funding has to take care you know the things that we need with inside the schools technology books mm-hmm. and so forth on
3: okay well thank you for trying to keep up the good work thank, thank you so much calling. too for calling yeah, I you love your show thank
1: Bye-bye. you all right you guys we're getting ready to wrap it up and I just want to say this because it stood out when you said this burden. before you have to before you teach one you got to reach one and that that stood out because a lot of kids do need that, especially, you know, sad to say, but especially in the urban city schools. So that definitely uh stood out to me. And also I wanna say shout out to all the teachers at Detroit Public Schools and even uh, all the other districts, but shout out to all the D P D teachers. You guys are yes. doing a good job. I see a lot of change because schools had kind of dropped really, really
2: low. Shout out to all the teachers all around, not only in that Detroit public school uh, community district, but as well as Southfield, Macomb, yeah. Oakland County. I mean, all over, they're struggling with the same issues we have. It's just not as that much of a magnitude because they have drug issues in the suburban areas, mm-hmm. but they have gateway drugs. For, <laughs> our drugs is the marijuana in <clears throat> um, the inner city schools. So, we know us out there, but thank you so much, Jazz, for having me on. Um, I think this was just great. Um, I really enjoyed it. I hope we get Thanks a chance for to come coming. back. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. My correction, because I was talking too fast. DPS schools. That's right. My apologies <clears throat> to the teachers and whomever else, but. It's been real, and it's been cool for this last hour, and I will have you back on for something in the near future. Maybe
2: we can get that mental health issue going on. Oh, yeah, definitely. extremely important in the schools, but thank you so much again. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, Peaceful. This studio was nice. We got to get some things going on here.
1: All right, you guys. It's been real. See you next week on Let's Talk.